Hey everybody, welcome to a conversation uh, with Corner Church with Greg, Kim, and Rachel. Uh, mm-hmm. We're missing the other two, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> we don't miss Ooh, them. It's fine. It's great that Scott can be on Christmas trip with his family. That is great. And Rich is working at the coffee shop, which also, is less great. Thank you, Rich, for not as great, but still like great. Uh, today fun. we're starting uh, a series on Mark, and so we'll jump into the first part of uh, Mark chapter 1. That's what we're going today. I like it. So I, what is interesting about Mark is he skips all of Jesus's upbringing and just starts right at John the Baptist and his public ministry. Like there's no, there's no backstory of Jesus and Mark. I feel like we're just like in it. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. It's almost, there's almost an assumption that people know some stuff about Jesus. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. When, like Greg and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday. It doesn't even have like the no, it's the birth or anything. nothing. No. It just starts with John the Baptist. But like I think like Greg and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday about how this was his hometown. Like it's a smaller community. It's not like you know the population's not what it is today. So people know of each other and they know like like even if they don't know each other, they probably have heard of each other or they're, you know, like it's a smaller community. So all these people in the yeah, story, there's no like cars. They're not, yeah. It's not like this is the first time, you know, people as far as you can Jesus. walk in a day. Yeah. Right. And so I think when you think of it from that perspective, it's, it makes it go, Oh, like when Jesus is going into the synagogue or he's calling the disciples or he's doing these things, like he, these are pe- people that know who he is. Like it's not, it's not as brand. It feels very shocking. It feels like immediate and a, like urgency, which Mark writes with like urgency. Sure. It feels yeah. like there's no, it just feels like Jesus said, Hey buddy. And like, they were like, sure, why not? Let's do this. I like it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in, yo. I'm in, yeah. But anyways. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mark is, <laughs> well, I think you wrote it in the next week's notes already, but mm-hmm. how Mark is the one of the least studied mm-hmm. gospels mm-hmm. especially uh, in the early like early centuries like there wasn't much research on mark but it sounded like they were starting to research mark more but yeah like it is one of the least studied yeah so i think it's it's interesting i think it's probably the gospel story that's written to the widest audience potentially mm-hmm. I like reading Mark because, like, the way Mark is written, it isn't, it is a little less flowery than Luke, Mm -hmm. I guess. And so Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know, like, they talk about Mark being kind of hard, not hard to read, but not, like, as well written as some of the other books. But I feel like they're, I I don't know, it's an easy read. I know it sounds, I mean, there's stuff behind it, but I'm like, oh, I can... Feels like not impulsive, maybe, oh, but like maybe. that kind of oh, little bit. Like one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is like so. Like this is my speed. Yeah, so like yeah. Okay, we can just exactly. like keep moving. Like I can keep reading this. <laughs> yeah. I get the gist of everything yeah. that's happening. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. But when I was reading about Mark, it talked about how the Book of Mark was written to show us the suffering servant. Like that is the the overall viewpoint is the servanthood of Jesus and. Um, showing, I mean, it was, it was Peter's stories told to John Mark from what I'm, what I've read. Like, that's what it seems like. It's like Peter's account of his experience with Jesus and those stories, which 
I'm excited about just because it's Peter. I kind of like Peter. He does dumb stuff sometimes, but <laughs> as a as a story, I like Peter. So yeah. I think it's interesting as we begin a new gospel narrative to 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 look at just the way that uh, the gospel has grown or changed or become more accessible over mm-hmm. time. I think Scott has some of this in his writing, but and we talk about it often how uh, church today, a lot of church today is structured around this idea that uh, only one person can translate the Bible and then yeah. they share it to everybody. And that was very ancient experience because there weren't many Bibles and not yeah. many people could read. And so everyone would gather around once a week to hear somebody read from the scripture and mm-hmm. things have changed drastically. And I don't mm-hmm. think uh, modern church expression of, of the expression of church has changed much. And so that's why I think a lot of churches still do that. Like come here, one person talk yeah. about this perspective. Um, and I think Scott brings up the, what is it? The, I can't remember what the, the things the of memory blooms. thing. Yeah. Oh, that blooms taxonomy. Yeah. Scott brings that up all the time because it really shows this reality of like, okay, if you want information of Jesus, there's yeah. more information now mm-hmm. available to every single person than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And so how does that reality change the way that we participate in a community together? Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting question to evaluate. Uh, even even or even this Sunday doing a Google search, who is Jesus? Mm-hmm. Just to show the proof that like you can find yeah. every translation, commentary, everything, uh, Christian, non-Christian, like all of these different perspectives mm-hmm. of who Jesus is. So the amount of information is insane and available and so thinking that the only goal on sunday when we come together is to just spew information to people mm-hmm. seems really redundant when everything mm-hmm. is available all the time mm-hmm. and so just encouraging people to to reflect and go deeper and so like mark week one is setting the groundwork for who jesus is and his character and what he's about to do and, and the thing we're focusing on is this anticipation um we had just come out of Judges, and it's this spiral and Jesus. And when we were in Judges, talked many times about how Jesus is the answer to that spiral away of humanity from relationship with God. And now there's this anticipation is coming to fruition in Mark 1. And this John the Baptist moment is this picture of recognition of, of who Jesus is. Yeah. And so I just think that's really good and important groundwork to lay as you walk into beginning a gospel again is like Mm -hmm. everyone can read this yeah i love like growing up i feel like everyone always talked about john being the book to start with like there's so much theological Mm -hmm. insights in john but mark feels so accessible like it feels Mm -hmm. like like you were saying like all these different gospels are written sort of differently like there's a different perspective in each one Mm -hmm. and mark feels very accessible and so I like this as a starting point for the new year. I feel like it's a nice, it's a nice way to be reminded of like to really understand the identity of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about that for not this week, but next week, just talking about the identity of Jesus. And so I'm excited about, I'm excited about Mark's perspective of who Jesus is and understanding that a little bit more. I anticipate that that identity of Jesus thing will be a pretty big reoccurring theme that we see in Mark every week. We'll probably have some theme and then Mm -hmm. like, how do we respond to that being a part of Jesus's identity? I think Mark's like very matter of fact in his writing. 
which I think mm-hmm. like it's probably the closest gospel to a bullet point list. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why it's like, oh, <laughs> I, can, like, I can do this. I can follow along really yeah, yeah. easy. Yeah, that uh, I really love the story of um, of Jesus' baptism because, like, I wrote a little paper earlier this year for the people getting baptized, so I spent a little time just kind of understanding b- baptism a little bit more. And the baptism, like, I think that, um, like, in the Old Testament, there's stories of baptism. Sorry, that was really hard for me to keep talking. Oh, <laughs> I, I did until I was like, I actually am just fumbling words because Sorry. I... Somebody came in the door. Someone came in the door. <laughs> you might have seen it in my camera. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, in the Old Testament, like, this, they get baptized in the Jordan River, which is close to where the Promised Land was which I think is really interesting. And like, it talks about um, like this cleansing and some of what John, what I was reading in the older, like when I was researching some of the goals, I'm trying to find it. Sorry. Some of the goals are to, Oh no, I'm sorry. There's an opportunity for the people to renew their commitment to God by walking through the water. So with John the Baptist, there's an opportunity to recommit and it mirrors the old Testament when the Israelites are walking through the Jordan river into the promised land. And with, with that, what they were told is they were told to serve God alone, to love their neighbors, and to pursue justice together. And this this moment of John the Baptist baptizing people mm-hmm. reflects so much of that Old Testament thing where they are going into the promised land. They're starting something new. This is like the beginning of another covenant. And I love, I just really love when like New Testament mirrors something in the Old Testament and sure. just like kind of deepens our understanding yeah. of what's happening. Um, and I think it also can be really overwhelming because it's like, I don't even know how well I understand what yeah. happened in the Old Testament. And so <laughs> like now I have to put it in perspective and I don't have the same, I'm not in the same place the readers or the people in this moment are. So like there's mm-hmm. so much perspective to understand, but also like fun mm-hmm. for me to understand and interesting. Yeah. I like the... The reflection of baptism, the water, and uh, all of these different scriptural moments who, especially the Old Testament moments that the these people would have had a some sort of understanding, at least the, the Jewish or the Israelite people would have had an understanding of, of just like the creation. It's just water. And then out mm-hmm. of that water, things come. And then Noah and the ark and the yeah. surrounded. And then they have, then there's Jonah and the whale in the water again and then they cross the red sea and then coming to the promised land they cross the jordan like it's this really repeated theme of water over and over and like coming through water yeah i like it too i thought you were gonna say something like no i was kind of i was thinking about like it has nothing to do with this but like i have like just like a weird fascination with water and you know when you go to like (laughs) like a conservatory where it has like the big garden it has like some kind of like water flow like of some sort I want to like live in that yeah like there's something about like not the cleansingness maybe maybe that's what it is subconsciously but it's so calming but then also like the beauty of like a terrifying waterfall that could like kill you in a second if you like were like go underneath it sure you know like run through it which like I don't know why that is so appealing to me to like be (laughs) in a waterfall where there's like flowing water it sounds great I love it it sounds great. There's a waterfall. To be taken out by like a waterfall. There's a waterfall. Yeah, don't oh. get taken out. But there's a little waterfall in Osceola in Wisconsin. That's I, where I was. You can go yes. under that waterfall. Oh. And it is pretty amazing. It is so 
weird. I, I, got I don't understand how they're just, it just keeps from I where? went to Taylor's Falls looking yeah. for a waterfall. There is no waterfall in Taylor's Falls. Okay, <laughs> which is very disappointing. There's no waterfall. You can go on a hike for like the Falls. Taylor's was there Falls ever? hike. I don't think there ever was. It like, like leads no to the St. Croix. Like it yeah. doesn't actually. I've, I've so... done it twice where I've driven my family for like a trip and like just like a yeah. day trip to Taylor's Falls looking for waterfalls and there's none. But Osceola, yeah. which is nearby, yes. has a waterfall. And you can. It's you can, so beautiful. You can walk, walk behind, behind, it. behind it and, like, you uh, get a little soaked and wet. But, like, it is, You can, like, even, like, walk up to it and, like, be in, like, it's, like, little waiting yeah. area. Mm-hmm. And it's so yeah. nice. I don't know how to tie this back to spiritual application for Mark. You know, maybe that's subconsciously why we love it. Maybe. Because it's just ingrained in us. It's ingrained in us. <laughs> it is but refreshing. It is a beautiful moment. Oh, it's man. super strange. I remember on, for my birthday, yeah, we went hiking. We went off a tangent. Well, I was looking up. This is just proof that information is easily accessible. There's <laughs> okay, a okay. there's a dam there in Taylor's, in Taylor's Falls. Falls. And so okay. I'm, I imagine at one point there was a waterfall yeah. and then it got dammed up. Oh, dammed up. that's what it is. Yep. <sighs> so then coming out of the conversation about water that Kim loves so much. I love it. Big old straw. Then you can answer this question. Oh, what insights do we get about God as we start to process the symbol of water? Oh my goodness. Okay. Wait. I love it. <laughs> this is actually like, okay. So in my brain, which is probably right from what I know, <laughs> it, it makes sense to me. It should make sense to everyone else is how I think of it because I do feel I'm quite simple thinking, but then I also, this could not, anyways. So I think it's really beautiful how versatile water is and how necessary it is like literally just from the basic steps of like the practicality like you literally need it to survive yeah which is just makes sense like yeah of course um but like you can survive longer with water than you can with food incredible um but then also just like the sheer force of like how versatile it is between like how strong it is like with the waterfalls that could take you out yeah and like the current that it can, can like can bring but then also how like it leads into like calmness and it is cleansing and it like you're talking about with like the the red sea like it's something that is something so that is a beautiful picture of me because it was something that was so powerful that was separated and like the calmness of like walking on like land between the two Mm -hmm. sides and then afterwards like the force that took out Oh my goodness. It is just like incredible to me that you can, that it is so necessary and that it is just such a versatile part of nature. Yeah. And it is just so great. Nothing on like it. nothing can live without it. Do you it. like swimming? Um, I do like swimming. And for some reason there's this like joke in my friend group that I don't know how to swim. Oh. Which for some reason is really offensive. Set the record straight. Yeah. I do know how to swim. And yeah. enjoy <laughs> so, it. I actually like it. I don't know why. There's just like a, oh yeah, like when Kim, like I wish we could go to the ocean, but like Kim doesn't know how to swim. Like, I don't know where that came from. I do know how to swim. I wouldn't want to swim in the ocean. But think about how the salty water even. It like, I could not survive in that, but something else needs it to survive. Yeah. That's so beautiful. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) Like something that in my mind, okay, we can think of this even (laughs) I don't know why I'm getting so worked up. No, it's good. But like, for those that, um... (laughs) (laughs) 
whatever. Like you need water to survive. Like something that would kill me is absolutely essential to something else. Like I could not survive only on salt water. It's gonna dehydrate me and make me more thirsty. And it hurts my eyes really bad. Yeah. But sharks love it. Sharks And too. whales love it. And coral thrives. Isn't that water. beautiful? That like, they're like, well, it's okay that you don't need it because I need it. Yeah. Okay. How about it? <laughs> what does Anyways. that tell you about Jesus? It just tells me that... <laughs> Anyways, I just think it's really powerful. It's not even a metaphor. It's like very real. And but it can be interpreted. <laughs>